Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed.
because you know how strange sermon prep is for me, and, and how this song actually helped me in my sermon prep, believe it or not. And so in my quest to, uh, to incite a hunger revolution in us, uh, to us personally, individually, and as a corporate body of believers, to, to incite a hunger revolution into us, I thought I asked God to kind of bring me back into reality. You know, we, we talked about, you know, uh, appetite suppressors, and a lot of you guys sent me those in. And so I want to I dive into a little bit of that, and this is kind of like a one-parter or a two-parter in the middle of a series, because you know what, how I like to do that. Uh, and so I asked God, you know, again, I need to understand my own appetite suppressing unit inside of me. What, you know, what do I do personally to... Suppress my appetite, my hunger for God. I, you know, I've heard yours, and I've touched on mine, but I, I ask God, I, I need to get back to reality on this. I need you to, to expose, I need you to examine, I, I need you to reveal more of this in me so that I, I can reveal myself to you all. <laughs> so I asked the question, I said, okay, so God, um, how do I get hungry? And then how do I stay hungry? How do I get hungry? Because getting hungry is important. But what's even more important is how do we stay hungry? And so when I was on vacation and I was at the beach and taking many, many walks, I would kept on asking God, okay, you know, reveal to me what, you know, how I suppress my appetite. So how do I get hungry? But only not only that, how do I stay hungry for you, God? And God was pretty quiet on that subject for a few days. He was talking to me about some other things, and you know, and, and so I kind of got away from asking the question. And, and you know, there was one day God answered it. And it was kind of like I, well, I wasn't really asking that question, I was asking something else, and you he goes, that's okay. Here's, here's the answer that you want, that you've been seeking. If you want to stay, if you want to get hungry, and you want to stay hungry, you have to be humble and stay humble. You have to be humble, and then you have to stay humble. I said, well, meet us down this Lord. And uh, he said, uh, well, you, you've heard of hunger pains, right? I said, okay, yeah. We've all heard of hunger pains. We've had them. He says, um, what you need is humble pains. And how many know, how many of us here can agree that sometimes being humble is painful? Hearts. Awesome. But it's there something else, too. Because we know hunger is a need. It's, a, uh, it's, it's an acknowledgement, a physical acknowledgement of our need to be filled with something. Well, humbleness is something that we need, too. We, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's a need built into us to be humble. God, part of our connection with God has to involve humility. We have to humble ourselves in order to come to God. And so this, this, is, this is in us, but it needs to be activated. 
It needs to be acted on. Because humility ignites passion because it invites God's grace into our lives. James 4, 6 says this, But He gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Now, I'm not real happy of that, but I'm, I'm glad that God is very clear and He doesn't leave us wondering what He thinks about pride. He's very clear about it. He says He opposes it. But that's a real tame word. I think we can deal with opposing. What the Greek word really means is wage war against. So think about that. God wages war against my problem, your problem. He fights against it. He is actively waging himself against our pride. Doesn't that humble you? It should humble us, shouldn't it? To think about that, that God is so opposing to this, this sin, to, to the issue of pride, that he wages a war against it. For our benefit. It may not seem like it, but it's for our benefit. I mean, so this is, God fights against pride. That's kind of disturbing. It's kind of scary. It really should change my mind, my attitude, and my, my opinions about myself. Because pride can be an appetite suppressor. Thinking, believing, supposing that we actually are the answer for our own need. How many people would say we deal with that sometimes? All the time. Perhaps we don't believe God can supply what we need, or we think we can't depend on His supply chain. This kind of attitude, this kind of pride can block and hinder our hunger for more of God in our life. And the danger is, we might already be dry and dusty because we haven't been hungry for God. But the, the problem with this is that we get drier and colder and dustier and crankier. And, and we, instead of diving in to what God has provided for us to feast on, we actually pull back. And we settle for lesser things. We settle for lesser things. We, 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 we eventually fill ourselves with something other than God Himself. Because if we're not hungry for the presence of God and the purposes of God, you can be sure that we will be hungry for something else. Remember what we said at the beginning here? It says, whatever um, feeds you, forms you, you are what you eat. You've got to make sure that we're hungry for God. But aren't you grateful that in this verse... God reminds us that He gives us grace. He gives us grace. Now that word give means to give something, but to give something that causes someone to have an advantage. Not every gift you give gives you an advantage because we do give things, right? I mean, sometimes things that we give and sometimes we give them away to other people or we sell it in a garage sale. But God is giving us something that's going to give us an advantage. And, and it is important to realize that this gift is for whom? 
the humble. He gives grace. The word grace here in this particular week actually means divine influence on, on the heart. A divine influence on the heart. So, God gives. He's given something for our vengeance. It, it's influencing our heart to the humble. That Greek word, tapinos, tapinos, it means humble. It means to be brought low. It means actually to be so low that you're only slightly above the ground. That's pretty humble. I don't know how much lower you can get. But, it, but the point here is not, is not that you're worthless. It's just that your attitude of, of humbleness is that you're willing to be as low as possible. As low as possible. So that God gets all the glory. So that God gets all the glory. The best definition of this is that of Tapios is found in the life of our Messiah. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. Tapios in heart, and you will find what rest for your souls. Divine, divine influence to give us rest. Grace gives us rest. Grace uh, gets us in a place where we can receive rest. God's grace increases our appetite. Grace is the, the powerful presence of God in us. His divine influence in us. Grace doesn't excuse the sin of pride, but it does empower righteousness in us. Something that humble sons and daughters hunger for, remember? Our, kind of our key verse for this series, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. As we said a blessed life is a God-hungry life. That's what really what this verse means, that, that our blessed life is a God-hungry life. God's, God, let's, so God is saying, well, you know, invite grace into your life. Receive my gift. And then, because we receive this gift of grace, and, and because it in itself has humbled us, we can now give ourselves to God. We can give ourselves back to God. And, it, and it's this wonderful exchange with, that is, uh, brings us into life. In this surrender, in this giving ourselves back to God, in this exchange of grace, we talk about it, we pray for it, is this wonderful word, it's not mentioned, but it's the word repentance. This exchange of grace requires it. And I think sometimes we give repentance this huge negative connotation. And repentance is anything but negative. Repentance is this cleansing, wonderful step back into right relationship with the Father. Pride gets in the way of that. And sin wants us to remember our failures, the things that, that, that pride caused us to do. Sin wants us to remember that. But repentance reminds us of the goodness of the Father and we turn towards Him. See, the, see, repentance is powerful. 
It's not a negative thing. It's, it's what sons and daughters do. It's just part of our natural makeup now. It, 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 it is just something that we do because of grace and because of humbleness and because we understand who we are in Christ. And see, humility is, is strength released in us that causes us to see God in a clearer way, in a more precise way, in a, in a way that we can identify with Him way because that's how He accepts us, because of the blood of Christ. And repentance is this wonderful step, this wonderful thing that um, it's always needed, I, at least in my life it's always needed. Uh, repentance it helps you remember your Father's goodness and so that you return to Him. Now, God's grace also makes us hungry for more because it awakes our understanding of what God has already done for us. And this is what I mean by that. John 17. It is this wonderful prayer that Jesus is praying. And in there, Jesus does something that I'm not even sure I didn't realize before. It's very recent. Jesus says, you have given me, or you gave, 12 times in this prayer. You have given me, or you gave me, 12 times in this prayer. To me, this speaks of this wonderful relationship that, that Jesus had with the Father, and also his understanding that he could do nothing outside of the Father. And how he continuously pointed that back out. That is humility. To acknowledge that understanding that you gave me this. You gave me this. You gave me authority. You gave me these people. You gave me this work. And Jesus acknowledges it 12 times showing that he has no entitlement in his life. Although, since he's God, fully God and fully man, he certainly had a right to be entitled to a lot of But he constantly, consistently, defers to the Father. And, and, and he, had, he is truly content in this prayer of displaying all glory to the Father for what you have given me. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful display of, of understanding of his connection with the source is, is humble, it's gracious, it's thankful, it's, it's, it's just understanding who his father was and his connection to the father, and he was proud to talk about how much the father has given him. It's extremely humble. And it was a big lesson for me that Jesus never displayed one ounce of entitlement, even though he could have. And I think entitlement is probably the worst case of pride. Entitlement is the spirit of pride that says to God, since I did this service for you, since I did this for you, you owe me. You owe me. That's entitlement. It's, it's, it's the, like, it takes pride and, and escalates it to, to a different degree, a different level. And I, I, I'm learning this invaluable lesson that no matter what, <laughs> you, you can never argue for retirement with God. Amen. 
you can make your case, <laughs> you can plead your case, you can talk about it with him, you can bring it up to him, but it's a case that you can never win. Because entitlement has no place in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And the, the, the kingdom is about serving and loving and surrendering and giving and, and love and peace. And, and the transact is not transactional, it's relational. And so, you know, I don't do things to earn God's favor. I do things because I love my Father, just like Jesus. And I acknowledge that He gave me. For God's love, He gave So it's not transactional. See, entitlement is transactional. You, I did this for you, so man, you owe me big time. Because this was a big, this was a big surrender on my part over here. See, entitlement doesn't have any place in the kingdom, and it has no one in it, humility in it. Listen to this thing. Hunger is satisfied by what you feed it. Now it's pretty obvious, right? Pretty obvious statement. This is what John Pecker said about this. If you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you have nibbled so long on the table of the world, your soul is stuffed with small things, and there is no room for the great. Does that challenge you? Challenge me. I read that, and so I'm going to have a little transparency. I'm going to expose where exactly I've been nibbling on empty calories. Where I felt entitled. Uh, it's going to be a little wrong. So I hope you just bear with me for a little bit because it, it does connect everything. I really feel like my struggle is this, that I know pride is my appetite suppressant. My pride. I've always had an issue with pride since I was a little boy. It's been dealt with. It's been, it's been, uh, God has worked on it, and the Holy Spirit has transformed a lot of my life. And there, there's a great deal of it that is no longer part of my life. But I, it's something I still struggle with. And I'm going to say this, and you're going to forgive me because you love me. A lot of you shared your appetite suppressors, the things that you feel like dull your hunger for God. And none of them mention pride, but I will, I will tell you this, or suggest to you this, that the issue of pride is the root of many issues. So I want you to hear this, and then remember the scripture where when God wars against pride. But it's for our benefit, not for our destruction. So I know that I know this is my appetite suppressant. 
And because so many times in my life, and so many times recently, I felt like God owed me something. I, I felt like I already suffered enough because of the, the 10 plus years of abuse and the years following that to recover. I already felt like I, I paid my suffering dues on this morning. And I let God know that. So when Christine died and Christine passed away, God and I had words. God and I are still having words. Many conversations. And because I felt like he was I had some of these things I want to share with you. Just so they're exposed. And sometimes I've shared online stuff, but I just, I just like to expose this for because I'm going I'm getting there to a point. So here's some of the things that my entitlement, my pride led me to think or to have a conversation with God. I would say to God, why do you hate me? Why do you hate me? I would ask him, how could I ever trust you again? Here's one that was actually kind of humorous in a way. You'll see what I mean by that in a moment. I'll never let you hurt me again. As if I had control over that anyways. I don't really believe God hurts me, but that's what I was feeling at that moment. And the one that kind of shows up from time to time, and it actually showed up today, and that's why I'm actually sharing this. So the beginning of my life sucked. And now the end of my life sucks worse. What good people are this? And I, I had put this one to bed for a while. I thought I thought I actually was over this one. <laughs> this is what pride does. I'm driving to the river today just to, just to chill out a little bit this morning, early this morning. And I and I see this often when I when I drive places. I see couples walking together, but they're not really walking together. Either one's in front of the other, one's lagging behind, or they're both on their phones. <laughs> they're not holding hands. Not that that's a requirement, but I mean, Christian and I always have hands. And so I say to God, please forgive me. That couple doesn't really love each other. You know, I would hold Christine's hand. Why do they get to be a couple? And I don't. Like you both came down to get me. That's that's pride. That's that's entitlement. That's that's saying to God basically, hey, I was a great husband. And I was. I was married 35, 70, 37 years, and I and I was faithful to that woman. Doesn't mean anything, does it? That's pride. I 
might be a little uncomfortable. I'm exposing it because it needs to be out of light. To show you that I still struggle with things. And then I know that God is waging war against that so he can rescue me. He doesn't want me to feel those things. Thank, I thank God that it allows me to express those things and be honest about those things and much, much more. Those are tame ones, believe me. I'm telling you, those are very, 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 very tame. But these wrestles, and many like them, they were necessary. These, these eternal wrestles to challenge my entitlement. The areas of my life where I felt God owed me something for my many years of faithful service. A kind of a Job moment, so to speak. Although I would never equate myself with Job. But pride makes you think that you suffered as much as you. And I certainly have been there. I love God's divine importation into my heart of grace. Even when I'm prideful and I'm feeling entitled. And I have not felt hungry for God for a very long time. Eight months. That's all. Eight months. I'm teaching a series on being hungry for God. Who do you think the series is really for? <laughs> You're just hopefully getting something from it. When I'm learning, God is teaching me new levels of understanding. Not about the law, so Christine. It's not about that. That is still a consistent. I am trying to misunderstand less in that area. My my understanding has increased, not in the laws, but knowing who Father is. And know me, and those who do know me know I speak of the Father's love all the time. I speak of the Father's goodness all the time. I do events about the Father's goodness all the time. I understand this. I get this. I believe it. I know God is good. I believe it with all my heart that God is good. And I'm learning new levels of that. And it really has nothing to do with my loss yet. At least not, nothing that I can see in connection. It is all about God getting to the pride issue of my heart in the areas where I feel entitled. We'll starve. We'll starve. Here's what I'm really learning. You can't grow beyond what you have not You can't grow beyond what you have not honestly, truthfully grieved. 
Let me explain it. Pride stifles hunger. It hinders growth. Pride hides things. And so we take our pain and we stuff it away somewhere. And we try to hide it. We try to cover it up. And all it does is fester and grow into something that we don't really want. And it doesn't get what? Keep it. Pride does it. It does. Not grieving, not acknowledging our loss but in the pain that it causes and pretending to be strong and not expressing sadness or even anger towards God. All of this a form of pride. Because it tries to control our appetite, suppress it, control it. In reality, we are starving ourselves and we're settling for a lesser feast. And we are filling up on things that don't work off. I know this is true because I'm We need to lament. The American church, the American people, this side of the world, well, I don't know what it is, but we do not understand what lamenting means. We do not know how to do it. And we don't allow other people to do it either because we don't know how to do it. We're really bad. God is saying, you know, I have a whole book about it in the Bible. All Lamentations, ever hear that one? And there are other Lamentations throughout the Bible. Jesus in the garden is lamenting. Okay? He's, he's not having a, just a good prayer time. He's lamenting about what he's going to suffer, what he has already suffered. And it's a lament. And there's nothing wrong with lamenting. We need to lament. We need to pour out our pain and surrender it all to God. Because when I surrender, I leave entitlement behind. I leave my pride behind. And then when I surrender, I am humbly worshiping my God and my hunger grows. And my weakness his divine influence gives me an advantage to receive grace. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient. For my power is made perfect in weakness. 1 Peter 5, 5 7, clothe yourself, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the crown and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because of what He cares for you, even when you don't believe that's true. That's not conditional on what I believe that is true. Conditional on God's grace. 
my willingness to surrender. I tell you, there have been a lot of times in this eight months that I've surrendered a lot of stuff that I didn't believe it was going to work. This is after 50 years of following Jesus. I'm just being real. The point is, we can allow the appetite suppressors to have control over us, or we can surrender them and allow God to stir up our hunger. How do I become hungry? How do I stay hungry? I humble myself under God. So that under the mighty hand of God, who wars against my pride not to destroy me, but to redeem me. somehow very encouraging that God is willing to go to war against my pride in order to I might receive grace. That's beautiful. That's love. It may not feel like love at the moment, but I know it is. I want my hunger to surpass the hungriest I've ever been in my life for God. I wanted to. Right now, it's not. Being honest. Being real. But I want it to be, and guess what? That's a good first step. To want it. To desire it. To, to expose our hearts and everything that we are to God, saying, you know what? I am not hungry for you at all, but I want trying to brag and say, hey, look, look how humble I am, because I'm not. I'm saying it's a good step towards humility. And humility helps you be hungry. It helps you stay hungry. Because humility says, I need a God. I need a Messiah. I need a Savior. I need a Redeemer. I need a Restorer. I need someone that's going to take me out of myself. Deliver me. War against my pride. War against everything that keeps me from being hungry. War against it, God. I pray. War against it. Because I don't want it anymore. I don't want to be that God. I want to be more and more like His Son, Jesus. Amen? Mm -hmm. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for bringing to us your word. I pray, I pray, I pray that all of us would receive your word. I pray that it would be planted deep in good soil in our hearts, that it might produce good fruit, fruit that honors you, fruit that multiplies and is a blessing to others. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here tonight and for the ones that are listening online. I pray, Father, for hunger for them. I pray in the areas of, in their life that, that there are appetite suppressors, that you would war against those areas. And that you would obliterate those areas. And that you would make them hungry. And that you would help them stay hungry. Burn a hunger within them. For 
you, for your ways, for your purposes, for your kingdom. Because all of this brings freedom. All of this brings freedom. Which we thank you for. And once again, I pray for them. I pray that you would bless them financially. I pray that you would bless them in their health. I pray that you would bless them in their relationships. And I ask, Father, that wherever we all go, that we would drift Jesus wherever we go. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.